0: So you got a whole uh, alpha team now, don't you? But, you? but you have a wealth of knowledge that is beneficial to a lot of people, and it we can move the needle. How often do you hear a hunting podcast? we talked about this. People relate to this. What's up, everybody? It's been, been a minute since I've done a podcast. It's been pretty crazy with uh, releasing new products and all kinds of other stuff going on, but... Uh, it's uh Tuesday and it's probably been a week or two since I've done one. So I've got Hunter Phelps uh, on the line. What's up, man?
1: How's it going, Aaron?
0: Oh, uh, good, good. Um, yeah, Jerry uh he asked me, he was like, Hey, do you, do you know Hunter Phelps? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, i met him a couple times. He's like, Well, whatever, let's get him on the podcast. So I uh I about forgot this morning I have reminders or whatever on my my little deal or whatever. And I was like, Oh (laughs) shit. So anyhow, um, well, yeah, man, tell everybody a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, guys. Um, so so like Aaron said, my name's Hunter. Uh, I'm from Western Kentucky, uh, kind of came around the industry, uh, 2016 or so as a producer. Um, you know, uh, just like anybody trying to start out in this kind of gig, uh, had a slow start and, uh, always trying to get a new, uh, Through intel and some new and some new clients and had a pretty big break early on i met levi at the matthews headquarters uh on a commercial shoot and uh started working with him ever since and from him and his kind of platform i was able to do some more networking myself and expand and and had i guess by now i've had the chance to work with just about everybody in the industry but it's been an awesome ride so far and but uh Kind of like well, I was saying, I'm 27 years old. Um, Mike's been in the industry for eight years, I guess it is, getting close to it.
0: Gotcha. So you do but, just video then, or do you do a little bit of video, photo, and then the production mm-hmm. and editing side? Or
1: Yeah, I do everything 100% um, all the way, from shooting to editing to photography. Uh, depends on what each client wants and if it's a package deal or if we have a team on board. A lot of times we have our certain little pictures we will do, like let's say if I'm on a shoot with Micah Morgan and we are producing stuff for one of the Levi's companies, then uh, let's say I'll be more of a shooter and he'll be more of an editor on that side. So I'll shoot it, get it on the hard drive, send it over to Micah, or sometimes it can be vice Ursa with some imagery kind of mixed in as well.
0: Gotcha. So when you, um, like you said, you got a break in early with Levi, um, have you done many of the longer kind of more pain in the ass backpacking type trips, um, with Levi or anybody else, or do you get focused more on the whitetail side of things or just a little bit of everything?
1: Yeah. So I've been able to do uh, a few of the, a few of the hardcore backpack trips with the Levi and some on my own. Uh, I guess the first one that comes to mind was our sheep hunt back in 2019. That's when I believe I needed to go up to Northwest Territories uh, and kill kill the doll sheep. Um, I think Micah was actually scheduled for that hunt, but as uh, some of you might know on here, Micah is always – he's always <laughs> breaking his arms and, and collarbones and stuff like that from snowboarding. So when Micah got hurt on that trip or the week before the trip. They're like, Hunter, you're up on deck. Like, you're up, dude. So, uh, that was the very first, like, hardcore backcountry that I had done in the time. I mean, obviously, we had done some elk hunts and whatnot. Uh, This is a full off-the-grid hunt. It was so fun, man. But since then, we've been able to do the sick-of-black-tail hunts. Um, I just got back from New Zealand about two weeks ago. So,
0: on that, were you with Ryan Harder in the Lancasters on that sheep hunt?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Ryan. Yeah. He's a, he's a character, man.
0: He's something yeah. else. Yeah, he's a trip. I've worked with him quite a bit. So, so gear-wise, like, you know, we'll kind of cover all types of stuff on this podcast, but one of the things um, that we touch on and we get, you know, a lot of requests for is just the camera gear video portion of this. So someone like yourself that can get you know hired out obviously um will will you know you're going to be doing high level productions basically a lot of people that are right. getting into photography or uh videography um will have questions on gear so you know a lot of like i run canon um you know a lot of guys run sony gear wise like How much have you had, how much has that changed? How much have you had to improve? Are you kind of a tried and true guy? You run the same gear you have been for the last five or six years. And, you know, what, what are you kind of bringing? What do you suggest? That type of stuff.
1: Right. So um, I'll say from my early days on, I've always been a Sony guy big time just because of the low light capabilities with it. And early on I bought, you know, 7,200 lens, a 2470. And I started to stack them up. Well, once you get down the line with all these new lenses and stuff, it's kind of hard to switch back because it's such a big investment. But Sony's for me, have always just been a tough camera, which is something that you just have to have low light and everything. So, uh, I would say my gear changes dramatically on the trip itself. Um, especially when it comes to the mountain hunts, um, And all the other little things that kind of go into the hunt uh, when it comes to travel and everything, you you have to consider that as a, you know, as a producer. Uh, And if there's imagery involved as well, which there is 99% of the time, you kind of need a camera that can do each. Um, So let's just say for the sheep hunt example with Levi, uh, I knew there was going to be a lot of travel and the weight was going to be a big deal, right? Because like, on the airlines, I think you can only have like 100 pounds in your pack on just with the float plane. We can't be taking that much camera gear. I knew that I had no room for a hard drive or computer on that trip. So pretty much I had to stack up on SD cards and a lot of batteries uh, for that. Um, I didn't have a solar charger at the time, so I just had to take extra. Uh, But for that one, I was running a Sony A7S III, I believe, um, like I said, it shoots in high, very high quality. I was able to shoot imagery as well. the battery life on the cameras last, uh, you know, a pretty good while. Um, the main thing with those cameras is trying to find the right lens. Um, so we ended up having to take a couple of other lenses. Uh, I think I was running like a 600 lens for the long shots, but just about everything else was a 24 to 70. Uh, but stuff like that, I think is something that you have to consider as a producer overall. It's just like what the trip's going to entail, how tough is the travel going to be, is weight going to be an issue, are you able to take a computer or not. But other than that, um, I also run a Sony FX6, which is what we run on any hunt that, you know, the travel and the lodging and everything's convenient. Elk hunt, antelope, whitetail, turkey, all the above. Uh, the FX6 is hard to beat just because the battery the battery life is even better than the 7s 3 Uh, And the big thing is ND filters. Um, You know, when the sun's out, you just can't go wrong with built-in NDs. So that's our go-to for whitetail and just about everything else. Sometimes we will go back to the A7S 3 for whitetail, uh, especially if we are hunting out of a saddle, just because it's a little bit more convenient. And these cameras these days, you can't even tell when it gets to the outdoor channel.
0: So with, uh, like you were, like with the Sony... What are the, so, um, how would I, what would you suggest if people are wanting to start video their own, um, you know, their own hunts or their own trips? Like a lot of people look for a crop sensor, like a micro four thirds and they'll run like an a 6,500. Um, one of the newer ones from canons like an R6 too. uh But it's, it's expensive. So like, you know, right, when right. Pe- people ask me about wildlife photography, it's like, well, to really get into it, I mean, you're you're dropping five to six grand, you know, if or what's your end outcome is. like right. right? Do you want to print those photos or, you know, on the film side of things right. or whatever? Um, do you suggest for for people to start off with like maybe a, a moderate to less expensive they might be able to use for a backup later? Or if they're sure they're going to do it to dive right in if if they've got the money? I mean, what are suggestions you have for that? Because it's not cheap. Right.
1: Well, I, there's a couple of different things to kind of consider here. Um, one thing like what you said this is something that you think you are really interested in that you might continue down the road. Um, and I will say a very expensive camera a lot of times is unnoticeable. And by saying that, I would suggest to a young or just a new up and coming, um, you know, guy that's wanting to get out and record, hunt, shoot photography uh, to one, I would get a camera that can do it all. So like a Sony, Uh, alpha series or whatnot and then the second thing is invest more in a lens than you would the camera itself um for one once you retire that camera a good lens is going to go down the road with you onto your next you know your next camera um and that's just where a lot of your quality comes from too is just a good quality lens and if you're on a budget i'll get a lens that can do it all um to start out like a one lens one hit wonder um and I don't have it here with me, but a lens for anybody listening that I honestly think is just a great lens is either a Sony um, 70 to 200. I mean, obviously it doesn't have to be Sony. Depending on what camera that you're running, a 70 to 200, um, a 24 to 70. And there's also a lens that we've been running a lot is um, the Tamron. I think it's the the um, 30 to 1. 50 and that's the lens we actually ran last year on the whole show for levi uh because we're shooting a little bit higher quality we're able to crop in a little bit and it also takes a really clean image so just to get the most bang for your buck get a lens and a camera that can that can do you know quite a few things
0: so when you when you're talking about you know doing quite a few different things um like most people when they get into this are probably like i kind of was uh, photographer more than video. That was kind of my deal and I stuck with that. I mean, I've had to learn some video. I mean, I've had to learn a little bit more about video and editing, things like that. For, like, the lens thing you brought up is 100% true. Um, you know, my suggestion generally is like, hey, um, you know, the 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 difference between, like, the best like, I don't know, I don't know Sony's as much now, but an A9 II and, let's say, an A7 III. You know, there's differences there, obviously, but, like, an A7 III is a pretty amazing camera. Canons are the same. Most people aren't going to even realize any difference until quite a bit later in their career from the highest end to getting into it. And, you know, if you can always use it for a backup, right, so as you kind of graduate into, you know, learning more. And and so, like, an FS6, that's a 12 – we've got one. That's 12 or 13 – Thousand dollar video camera. I don't know how. I mean, would would you say that's your number one pick? Generally, is that FX FX six?
1: Oh no doubt, um no doubt. Because we are able to put a monitor on it sometimes, and like I said, indies. And as you get you know more more into your career, you you start to learn small little things about a camera and the look that it can give you. Um, one thing that you might not consider is that the FX six is a little bit heavier. Now that can be a headache a lot of times when you're trying to pack it through the woods, but with having a little bit of a heavier camera, you are able to get more smooth shots. Like when you're walking and stuff, it really, it's just like having a Matthews or a PSC that's weighted down. Right. So you have a light, a light on arrow, your bow is kind of moving all over the place. Your pin won't settle, but if you add weight back bar, front bar, then you have a more stable rig. And that's kind of the same, same thing with the camera. Um, so it really gives it a nice look. But just all the, the low-light capabilities with FX6 and the NDs, it's kind of a, no, a no-brainer for us.
0: Yeah. So, you know, with that, like with the FX6, if you started off with more of a um, the standard, uh, like a photo camera that also does video, so like an a7 III or R62 II or whatever, and then you go to an FX6 later, you've always got that camera again as a backup, but also a photo camera. And a lot of times, you know, depending upon what's going on and what you're shooting, especially if it's more... Mm, static, I guess, environment where you're maybe doing more product shots or faking things a little bit, like getting some B-roll, you can go back and forth between the six and your photo camera. It's it's not the end of the world, but I think where people get super confused is, okay, do I want to do photo or video? You don't have to have two cameras for that. Like for the most part, one camera is going to, and people get, they ask me that question a lot and I'm like, I don't use a video camera. I use my photo camera. The technology has changed over the last twenty years. With that,
1: no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're starting out, having one camera is the way to go. Obviously, it saves you money in the long run, and um, just as long as you're sticking with the same. Like, if you're a Canon guy, stick with the Canon. If you're Sony, stick with the Sony. You can match the, uh, you can even match the colors of it. They all look similar. Um, yeah, and normally, honestly, when we're in a tree or you know, somewhere convenient. We've always got two, um, like two cameras on us. We're always snapping imagery, and we're running the FX6 at the same time. But a lot of times, uh, you want to lighten up, and just one single DSLR is the way to go uh, with the lens that can kind of do it all.
0: So, would would you say like um, like is this what you do full time? Uh, just just yeah. uh, production. Yes. So how, mm-hmm. how how poor were you in the beginning? How long did it take to get going, or did you were you able to stay pretty busy? Because <laughs> I, you know, again, people ask that it question. If you don't have connections, kind of it's
1: funny difficult. Uh, it is, and I'm actually reading a book. I just started it last night. Um, it is called. Um, sorry about this. I just, this is a good little plug here. let oh, shoot. It's not in my notes right now. I think it's like. Uh, Think and Grow Rich. And it talked about, like, just before anybody that's successful, a lot of times, you know, you kind of go through hell or you kind of get to where you're about to see, you know, um, you're about to lose a lot. And I think that was the case for me is that uh, I was young starting out. I was 17 or 18 years old. And uh, I went through high school, and uh, right out of high school, I started going to my community college for electrical engineering, went through construction and concrete. Um and uh, I just wasn't happy. I knew I had a lot of potential. I I loved hunting. I was really good at it. And I'd ran a camera all through high school. We used to um, we used to kinda of record all of our hunts and I got pretty pretty dang good on it. And obviously I was raised watching the outdoor channel and watching just the uh, icons back then in the two thousands and nineties. Um and I just always wanted to be in this industry. It was honestly never never even a question, I wasn't even gonna accept, you know, that I might not, you know, I might not make it. So, um, every year we would get laid off from the concrete company, and obviously I was young and didn't save money, didn't manage money the way that I needed to be, and um, every year we'd end up so so broke. And, and the concrete industry, for some of the people that doesn't know, it's hard to lay concrete um, when it gets really cold outside. Uh, this, the concrete doesn't want to set. So we get laid off for a month and a half. Well, about 2000 and gosh, 2016 or so. I was like, guys, I said, I'm not coming back. Y'all can, y'all can probably look for somebody to kind of replace me. Cause I'm going to go and I'm going to try to pursue my dream. And, um, I reached out to, uh, I got it from Matthews. Uh, cause I've always wanted to work with Matthews archery. I was always just an archery fanatic and loved the content they was, um, having out at, at, at the time. Um, and it hasn't changed at all. But um, And he sent me to a guy. He was an ad agency out of Kansas City. Uh, his last name is Simpson, and uh, which did a lot of work at the time for Yeti, lacrosse boots, Matthews archery, uh, sick year. And uh, he agreed to let me intern with him for a while. And uh, at this time, I was also trying to take other clients as well. And, you know, being that young, not having much of a por- – oleo and stuff i was just really really struggling for work i was doing some side gigs helping people or out around town any way that i could and um yeah i mean i remember saying i was having to live with my parents i think my first year or two i'd made ten thousand to fifteen thousand dollars and i was pretty happy obviously making that amount of money i was a little bit stressed even at my age and concerned but like I said, there was just no going back Uh, and I had nothing to lose. I knew that was the best time in my life to take a risk, you know, that, you know, that big. And um, like I said, I started working with Simpson uh, 2000 and like I said, 16, and we shot that commercial at the Matthews headquarters. I wasn't even allowed to know what it was just because it was such a top secret from Levi switching from elite to Matthews. And uh, I remember I met him and, I thought LeBron James and then walked through the door when Levi, you know, walked in. It's funny how life happens, but you know, we kind of hit it off and, and uh, I was just, you know, a redneck kid. And I think Levi came from that that background as well. And he saw a lot of potential in me. And I mentioned it to him towards the end of the trip. I was like, if you guys ever need any help, you know, my, my, my schedule's open. And he said, man, we could honestly really use you this year. And I ended up working like two or three trips with him that year. And, they there on, man, it kind of spiked. We just, you know, pretty much never left his side.
0: Gotcha. So, uh, Jeff Simpson, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, because I, right. I think he played linebacker for the University of Oregon. And then he had uh, what was that Whitetail show he had? Um,
1: uh, Har- he Harvest. actually started Heartland. Heartland, yeah. Uh, Heartland Owner. He was one of the early guys in that. And then I think Jeff yeah, ended up stepping away from it and ended up kind of making
0: an ad agency to help represent a lot of the big name companies today. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same guy I was thinking of. Um, he did, yeah, he did a lot of work with, uh, Sitka in the beginning as well, which I think you mentioned, but with, with that, like, um, now, like how many different, um, like how busy are you now? Like how many different TV shows are you working (laughs) with or just one? Like, are you cranking pretty much full time all the time?
1: Yeah, it's funny, man. If I'm not working and it kind of goes to show just how how passionate I am about hunting. If I'm not working, I'm taking trips myself. Uh, I'm I'm practically never home. Um, I've got a roommate here and he's always giving me a hard time. Like, I'll see you next year. I'll see you in two months because I literally live on my truck. But I would say Levi is probably my largest. Um, i stay with him. I give him most of my schedule as much as I can give him. Uh, But I've had the chance to work with Realtree. Um, I have shot the Realtree Road Trips intro a few years ago. Uh, they've been a good client of mine, but since then I've worked heavily with Ola um, Lacrosse, um, First Light in the past recent years, and, um, yeah, just a lot of TV shows. You know, I've had the chance to work with The Crusher, Lee and Tiffany, Sub 7, which is the uh, – they represent quite a few shows, or they were a few years ago. and um, But just a lot of, like, monthly retainership type of situations with a few companies. And, and then once September hits, you know, we're on the road full-time with Levi, who's killed about, uh, about Christmas time, I guess.
0: Gotcha. So right now with, um, like, uh, you when when you – how would I put this? So with uh, like with what we do here at Kafaru, obviously we have somebody who's kind of directing or knows the the look that they want. They'll let us know, you know, we have, you know, a few different photographers and, and, and videographers here. So we'll kind of get that look from uh, our marketing lady, you know, what vibe we want or, you know, do we need to get slow-mo or all that shit? Are you handling all that for the most part? Or is that something that you're just kind of some days you're a soldier and do what you're told and other days you're actually kind of. You you have the look in mind.
1: Right. I mean always I'll be a team player, right? And uh whatever the company wants or whatever the agency wants that I'm working with at the time. Um sometimes I'm running the show, sometimes, you know what I mean? I'm just a team player and I'm I'm there to help out and shoot. Um when it comes to a look, especially with like uh the monthly retainership type of uh, contracts that I have with a couple companies they've kind of noticed my work on my social media page and has reached out and like, Hey Hunter, we, we love your look. Uh, would you be interested in coming and doing some work for us? And then at that point, I think most companies kind of put the trust in you that your look is the same or on point as as their company. Right. Um, let's say for example, I work uh, pretty heavily with lacrosse. Um, and same situation, you know, they happened to reach out to me, and we just happened to have the same kind of style and editing colors and, and all that for imagery. And and ever since then, we've really hit it off. It's really never been much uh, hand-holding, I guess you could say. Uh, they just kind of put the trust in me to to come out and produce kind of what they had imagined. Um, and if not, we're always able to go back and make changes. And we have that, we have that really good um, – Partnership where they can say, Hey, Phelps, you know, this is not what we wanted at all. Can you change it? I'm like, yeah, just, and I think that kind of goes to show with just the relationships that we have with the companies, you know, it's more than just work, but these people were, were able to have open conversations all the time and just make sure everybody's getting what they, what they paid for. So.
0: Yeah. Well, when you, that vibe or that look is important um, because, you know, like any, photographer you can generally tell once you are familiar with their work it's pretty easy to pick one of their photos out or 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 same with video that's important that 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 look or or that you you jive because from what I'm finding out like one man or woman shits another man's gold meaning what someone likes in someone's work someone else may not like that look and that, that happens a lot it seems like.
1: Right. But you know what? On the other side of that, that's just the beauty uh, in all of this is you can make it look whatever you want. And some people are going to are going to drive with it and some aren't. But uh, I mean, you're the artist. So uh, that's what I really, really appreciate is you're able to stand out if you're able to come up with a cool look that's your own and unique. Um, Yeah.
0: So anything crazy going on this year?
1: Um, like I said, I just got back from New Zealand. We went to South Island, uh, New Zealand. That's my dad's, uh, that's my dad's dream hunt to kill a red stag. And honestly, I'm on the road so much is one thing that I do kind of have a tendency to kind of neglect is just hunting with my dad and kind of getting back to basics and, and he's getting a little bit older and I'm like, dad, let's go do it. So, um, like I said, last, it's been about two weeks ago, I took him up there with our other buddy and, um, we all kind of harvested some nice tags. But other than that, um, we are kind of slower for this year. I I have a couple of big hunts lined up for next year. So kind of saving some, saving some money. I just found out, didn't draw my Montana, my Montana tags. We've been kind of upset about that, but, um, I think next year we've got, uh, Hawaii access around May or June, uh, going to Manitoba. And then, um, I actually booked a hunt, um, a moose hunt for next year. Um, and for Russia as well, um, that's going to be a uh, a pretty big deal, I
0: think. So, do you have uh, do you have anything you do when you're not videoing? If you've got like downtime or slack time, or does the the video um, kind of production stuff keep you busy enough and and funded enough for the year?
1: Yeah, I mean, when it comes to work, it's all all you know pretty much video production, even when I'm not on the road, there's still plenty of things to edit. But kind of like what I was saying, if I'm, as a hobby-wise, if I'm not working, I'm normally hunting. I'm just so infatuated with it. And then, um, obviously for a lot of these hunts, these mountain hunts and whatnot, you got to stay in pretty good shape. So, you know, we work out five or six days a week at least, and now we're hunting, we're shooting archery, we're getting prepped up. Just, uh, it's not just a job, man. I'm just addicted to it all, just the whole process, so... If it normally doesn't have anything to do with hunting, I'm normally not involved. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, that makes that makes sense. And you go to some of the tournaments as well, don't you?
1: Yeah, actually, um, um, I went to my very first one last year, and that's where I met you, I think. Okay, uh, I didn't know if you AASA. went to the.
0: Yeah, I didn't know if you went to those normally or 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 what.
1: No, no. I mean, I try to shoot a couple of shoots um, locally just to make sure my you know. I'm Keep on honing my skills for the hunting season, but in terms of shooting, you know, actual archer competitions they are pretty legit, I haven't. Uh, but I've shot enough around Levi and some other guys, and everybody's always like, Hunter, you really, you really need to go try one out, man, because you're pretty dang good. And I shot in the, uh, I shot in a class last year at ASA. Uh, it's one of the novices class, but it's like the hunter series where you're shooting like your hunting side. You can't adjust your sight there's just a lot of stuff that you can't be doing. It's pretty much just for hunters. Right. Um, and I want it. Uh, so that kind of a bit of a spark in me. I haven't went to one yet, but I would say we're going to probably try to squeeze at least one in this year, just because I'm like, Hmm, I won that. I'm kind of interested now. Let's see what else we can do. So,
0: yeah yeah for sure I uh I think actually Levi's pissed at me because I was supposed to go to Fort Benning but I didn't I went hunting and was guiding instead so actually I, I should I'm going to text right. him and tell him I don't he, he seems to have dirt on everyone so I should I should tell him you're on the podcast I'm sure he'll come up with something
1: oh don't do that <laughs> if anybody's got dirt on me it's Levi but I've got dirt on him as well so if he starts spitting it up he's gonna wish he
0: didn't. <laughs> the uh I had uh L- Lonnie Marlowe on and Levi immediately sent me a a uh, photo of him, his head shaved like Bozo the Clown, from some Betty lost at some <laughs> tournament. So, uh.
1: yeah, he he's always the best at really having a good story to tell about me. Just because I set myself up so much, <laughs> uh, I'm not listen. I'm not scared to laugh at myself or make a joke. Um, but usually, if, if the very first story he's got to say is the is the hunt for his doll sheep when we got charged by that grizzly. Gosh, he loves telling that one.
0: how oh, did you about shit your pants or
1: Oh yeah. I mean, at one point I just I started walking. I was like, I'm dead. I'm not gonna die tired. <laughs> if I honestly if I hear him coming, I've got a six pound camera and a tripod, I'm gonna swing him beside his head and then that's my last last bit of defense there. I'm just gonna, you know, try to manhandle him.
0: <laughs> I saw the video um, the, you know, what was on the, what the, actually was on the show. I saw that video as far as, cause you, you guys ended up coming out and then looping back in somewhere else, didn't you?
1: Yeah, well, it was getting pretty late that evening. We had, um, actually decided to just head back off the mountain, which like I said, the sheep were low. I'm sure you've heard this story plenty of times from Levi, but the sheep were low. So it wasn't a terrible hike back to the camp. And we had a camera at the time to work on um, and just honestly, we need to settle down. We was, you know, on pins and needles, a little sketched out. So we came back the next morning and that's when we got on the sheep, and, and, uh, he was able to harvest his.
0: Yeah. So on the, like on, on that trip with the, that, that was the first time you had been in grizzly country, wasn't it? Or that thick anyway?
1: Yeah, I believe it was. I believe it was. I think, you know, it's a little bit different for everybody, but for me, I was already kind of numb to it in a way. Like it never really crossed my mind. Uh, until, Obviously, we saw one up up close, and then I was like, "Hey, this shit's real. You know, we could easily die out here. Like this isn't this isn't a zoo no more." And uh, I think I was a bit paranoid. I mean, I slept with a gun in my sleeping bag uh, the rest of the trip. And I remember we saw I saw an animal. It was the morning we were sneaking up on Levi's sheep. I looked down the river, probably a quarter of a mile, and I saw a little speck walking through the river. I said, Levi, oh, shit, there's a grizzly right there in the river. <laughs> I used walk, he's walking at us, dude. I said, Are, and he's like, right, sure. I'm like, yeah, I mean, look. And he looked, and it was a cow caribou. So if that goes to show, I was sketched out. But <laughs> you get kind of numb to it.
0: Yeah. Uh, he ended up killing a good, a good sheep. Um, Harder had called me. I think on a sat phone or maybe on Wi-Fi at camp and said Levi had had got one because um, I, I had worked with Harder up there previously. And, uh, you know, he knew Levi and I were friends. In fact, Levi came to um, uh, Alberta uh, to the same spot where I was at. He was going to, uh, I think he was going to actually film my hunt. Somebody had killed one before he got there that same season, if I remember right. Right.
1: Yeah, Harder's a catch, man. He's a hard worker and he's one of the only guys that can probably keep up. With Levi's long legs, and that's for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, Lee, he can get after it. Um, but uh, is is with, with this? Is there any suggestions you, you know, obviously we've, you know, with what you're doing, and pretty much have done it full time since more or less you got out of high school. Um, is there any suggestions like for people that are wanting to get into this? Cause like as a photographer, you're probably going to starve. Uh, you need to definitely have a niche to, and, and and know people. Um, Cause there's a ton of videographers out there and photographers. What would your suggestion to people that are wanting to get into what you do? Is it worthwhile or is it something where you're like, Hey, there's a lot of warning signs. So let me, you know, what would your suggestion be?
1: Well, yes it's completely worthwhile if you're in the same position that I was like mentally like it wasn't an option I knew that this was my career honestly this was the key to a lot of my happiness was just having a job that I enjoyed and loved um, and super super passionate about but I mean yes if you want to be successful in it you're gonna you're probably gonna hit rock bottom before you get there and um, like I said, you just got to take one more step and, and eventually like the gates will open up and, and you'll be able to get some more work and more clients. But the main thing is just to get your name out, um, you need to have a niche, you need to, you know, got to be creative, especially in, in, in today's line and social media, just everything's out there and everybody's doing everything. So just, uh, make sure you work hard and, but Overall, it's a lot more than that. There's a few things that I'm saying that's the same no matter what you know what career path you go down. Uh, I would say just be really good at being a good person, man, and networking. Uh, get to know people. Uh, don't be afraid to shake somebody's hand and introduce yourself because that one connection could be you know a huge deal down the road or could open up a lot of doors for you. Um, yeah, I'm just working hard and you gotta be consistent. I mean, all, all the all the simple things that really help out with anything in life is the same thing that's going to help you be successful and uh, in this business as well.
0: Cool. Well, where can people find you? Like if they want to check out some of your work, potentially hire you, um, what's your contact info? Can they look you up on social, that stuff?
1: Yep. Um, It's just my name on uh, Instagram. Um, um, Any more work might be on Levi's YouTube channel. I know we're just coming out with a series called, called, move the needle uh it's pretty exciting we're taking people from different industries hunting kind of getting their story on how they've moved the needle in their industry and uh and it became successful in the meantime we're trying to kill a turkey or two just to help pass the time and uh that's where a lot of my work is now and other than that i say a lot is pushed through um, social media instagram and facebook so
0: Gotcha. Well, man, I appreciate you hopping on. Um, like I said, Jerry, uh, you know, he likes your work, the vibe, like we were talking about before. So, and um, yeah, I, I forgot we had met in Alabama because I was about to have a heat stroke. Uh, dude, that is not fat kid weather. That was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're used yeah, to it, I time, guess.
1: Man. Yeah. Uh, coming from Kentucky, we're probably a little bit more used to it than what you are a little bit more humid down here so i was a little bit more acclimated than you might be are I, you in utah
0: Mon- uh, wyoming so wyoming pretty okay. dry <laughs> yeah uh, yeah
1: big change for you yeah well, Hopefully, man, i'll see you on the line this week somewhere shooting
0: yeah for sure if not i'm sure we'll end up running into each other on a hunt or something somewhere but yeah thank you for popping on man i appreciate it
1: no problem see you soon eric
0: all right take it easy